Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for educating and training your children in your house here, Lord. We believe, Lord, that your word is powerful. And can transform our life, can renew our mind. We want to have the mind of Christ, Father. We want to think the way you think. We want to be doers of the Word of God, so that we will be able to live a victorious life, and we can shine your glory upon this lost world, Father. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. This Sunday and next Sunday, I will finish the last. Teaching regarding touching heavens and changing earth, talking about prayer principles. We have two series. The first series was done five years ago, and I stopped for a while. And now I try to finish the principle of prayer. And please go to the CD table and get those MP3 or CD and listen to the whole series. It will change your life to know how to pray. Correctly and biblically and effectively. Many times we don't get the result because we do it the wrong way. I understand this very well as a doctor. Every step in performing surgery, every step in obtaining history, physical examination, X-ray, surgery, preparation, prep the skin, how to cut. You know, actually in neurosurgery. If you cut in the wrong place, you will get into the wrong place, and then you will not be able to get the tumor out. So everything has to be done correctly. The same thing with the spiritual life. If you do everything correctly according to the way of the Bible, you will get the good result. The result doesn't come from just being a churchgoer. The result doesn't come to you just because you are a CD playing person. But the result come when you know and you practice what you learn. You become a doer of the Word of God. So every time you learn some new things from the Bible, I want to encourage you to start to practice right away until it becomes your lifestyle. If you don't do it, you're going to forget about it, and you will never become a victorious person, and the result will not happen in your life. Prayer is a communion with God, and communion is reciprocal or two-way communication. You talk to God. And you learn how to listen to God. We have learned in the past many lessons that Jesus is the best praying person that we can find in this world. Therefore, we should learn many prayer principles from Jesus Christ Himself. And Jesus taught us how to pray. He said that pray in faith. That's why faith is more precious than gold. If you don't have faith. Your prayer will not be effective. You need to build faith, and faith come by two things. Number one, hearing the word of God. Number two, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can give you supernatural faith into your heart to pray for certain issue. And not only that, you feed yourself with the word of God to build your faith in your heart. Here, people who listen to the word of God a lot will have stronger. Faith, higher faith than people who rarely read the Bible, rarely listen to the Word of God. Not only that, we pray in love. We need to forgive people. We need to pray that 
when we pray, we love them. I used to study about the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I noticed one thing: every time Jesus prayed for the sick, the Bible say He looked at them with mercy. His eyes so full of mercy and love. He never prayed for the sick to show off that I am so anointed. He prayed out of love. Not only that, we learn that in prayer life, we can do the asking. We can ask the Father for the good things, and we also learn about requiring or speaking or demanding or commanding in the name of Jesus. We ask for the good things from heaven, and we command the mountain or the work of the enemy to go away from our life in the name of Jesus. You see, you don't ask God to deal with the devil; you command the devil to go away. But one thing I want to warn you: you can command demon and devil to leave you alone, but don't curse them and don't attack them. The Bible says, "Don't attack the devil." You just say, "Go away." I command you to leave me alone. Get out of my house. Get out of my kids, and don't touch my kids. But don't use foul language or use bad language against the devil. Even the archangel Michael dare not even touch the devil himself. You see, so be careful. Sometimes the Christian think, "Oh no, I'm great. I'm gonna talk bad about the devil." You notice on the pulpit, I never talk bad about the devil. It's God's deal, not my deal. I'm just a human being. Amen. But I can say, "Devil, take your hand away from my kids, from my church." So we can pray the prayer of commanding in the name of Jesus. The Bible talk about command the mountain to go out from your life by faith, and the mountain will be moved into the sea. Not only that, we have learned about praying in tongue, praying by the Spirit. The prayer of submission is not my will, but Your will shall be done. The prayer of persistence. What it means is that we keep interceding, we keep doing the supplication until God answer. So we have learned so many things in the principle of prayer. In James chapter five, verses thirteen to eighteen, this is a text that we have been reading. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth. Produce its fruit. The Bible says that if we are afflicted, if we get into trouble, should we call the hotline, prayer hotline, and ask fifty people to pray for us right away? What should we do when we get into trouble? We should pray first. Definitely, our brother and sister can pray for us, but we need to learn how to pray ourselves. Every believer in the local church should be a prayer warrior. Should know how to use this weapon. Prayer is a weapon, amen. You need to fight. You need to know how to fight the battle. So everyone need to know how to pray for himself, for his own situation. And when you get into trouble, the Bible says you should pray. When you rejoice, you should sing psalms. Every believer can pray. 
Every believer can sing praises to the Lord. Not every believer can come to the microphone. Not every believer should record into the CD how you sing because many people gonna collapse when they hear you sing. But you can sing, like me. I'm not a good singer, but I can sing. Pastor Da is much better than me. She's more anointed in singing. But we can all sing. When your kids come around you, they should hear you, parents, praying and singing, not complaining and grumbling. When your coworker come behind you in the office while you're working in your computer, they should hear you sing, "I love the Lord." They should not hear you talking bad language. The prayer and the singing should be filled in the house of the believers and in the office. You know, sometimes when I perform surgery, I was singing and I'm praising God. Actually, yesterday I performed an operation in the morning at Overlake Hospital at 7:30 a.m. And suddenly, I feel so grateful to the Lord. I just said, you know, I really thank God. Everyone heard it. Anesthesiologists, everyone said, I thank God. When I was at Harborview Hospital for eight years, I was on call every day except one Sunday a month. God called me to start the church, and not even one Sunday that I have to leave the church because the Harborview Hospital called me to the emergency room. You know, Harborview Hospital is a very busy hospital, and. Out of those years, God protected me, and at the end, I even said to the anesthesiologist, "I say this is not a coincidence. God is real. I praise God everywhere we go. People should hear we praise God, singing, praying to the Lord. Amen. So that should be our lifestyle. That every Christian home should be filled with the word of prayer and the word of praises and worship the Lord. Amen." A lot of time, people say like this: I try to pray. I try to do what the pastor say. I try to do confession, believing in the Bible, but it doesn't work. What they try to say is this: God lies. God is lying, and the word of God doesn't work. Actually, God never lies. God always come true for people. But the reason that the prayer did not get answer because we may pray in the wrong way. We may pray with the wrong attitude, with the wrong motive, or we may have doubt in our heart and we don't get the answer. So instead of blaming God that God is a liar, what we need to do is to keep changing our life, growing, listening to the sermon, keep learning, keep learning, keep growing and growing, so that our prayer life will be more effective. I have to admit to you that I'm still. Pressing in myself to grow in my faith. I want to have more faith this year than last year. I want to have more faith next year than this year. I'm still growing in my faith. The reason because I know that my faith is not there yet, to the level of Jesus Christ. And I want to have more faith to help people in the church, to help my family. That when I pray, I will see more miracles. And everyone should have that attitude. I'm gonna keep growing. I'm gonna keep learning. I'm gonna keep pressing in to have more love, more faith, and understand how to pray in the right way. Amen. Don't be laid back. Don't be questella sela. Whatever will be, will be. We just need to be pressing in to grow more because God never lies. He is not a liar. Verses 16 to 18. A while ago, we read about Elijah. He was a normal man like you and me. When you say normal man, mean he need to eat, he need to rest, he need to sleep. He's hungry sometimes, and he could be discouraged. In fact, 
the scripture here talking about Elijah was very discouraged. He was standing up on the top of the mountain, called the fire of God down in front of many prophets of the idol called Baal. Jezebel, the queen, was so mad at him. And Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. Oh, the great prophet Elijah, who just performed miracle, became so discouraged. He was a man like you and me. Sometimes we can feel down. He ran away and hid himself under the juniper tree. And he even said to God, God, this is miserable. I am the only one in Israel now who worship God and bow down to you. And God looked at him and said, no, no, no. There are 7,000 people still worship me, not only you. Don't be discouraged. Elijah was a normal man like you and me. But the Bible says when he prayed, the nature was changed. The atmosphere was changed. The rain stopped and the rain came. What we learn here is that if something happened in this world and you don't like it, it's not the will of God. What you can do instead of sitting around complaining and being sad, being depressed as the church and as a believer individually, we can pray. When we see something that we don't like in the society, instead of complaining and attacking people, we should pray. Because prayer of the righteous people can change the situation on the earth, can change the economical situation, can change your financial situation, can change the atmosphere, can change the situation. Amen. I shared this many times already about my mission trip to Tokyo many years ago. Uh, when I arrived there, I have only Saturday, Sunday to minister to people in Tokyo. I saw the snow came down in the sky. And the broadcast said, tomorrow on Sunday, the snow will be heavier and all the train going to have to be stopped. There's no train, there's no transportation because the whole Tokyo going to be filled with snow. And I remember the story about Elijah. And I was in the small hotel, you know, all the room in hotel in Tokyo is very small. You almost jump out in the bed and jump into the restroom. There's no place to stand around. Very small room in Tokyo. So I jump out of the bed and walk to the window and I point my hand through the window, seeing the snow coming down. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to practice what Elijah did. I command the snow to stop tonight and tomorrow I can go to church. And when I woke up in the morning, the sky was blue. The snow stopped. We went to the church all day. There was no snow at all on Sunday. The atmosphere could be changed. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you face trouble, what do you need to do? Pray. When the situation around you did not go the way you like? Should we complain? Should we believe that our prayer will change the situation? Should we believe that God still exists? Should we believe that he still sits on the throne? Should we believe that he can change the situation supernaturally? Yes, we should believe. Amen. We do not talk to the air. We do not talk to the wall. We are talking to the living God who created the heavens and the earth. Amen. Look at verses 19 and 20. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. 
Today we're going to learn the last kind of prayer. We have learned a lot already, but this Sunday and next Sunday we're going to learn the last kind of prayer here. We call the prayer of reconciliation. This scripture, verses 19 to 20, talking about somebody in the church is helping somebody who doesn't know God or knows God and completely have backslidden. And that person try to bring the backslidden brother or the lost, unsafe person back into relationship with God. Have the reconciliation with God. The Bible clearly says that when a person turns to God, repent and believe in Jesus, his sins are forgiven and God remembers their sins no more. It will be thrown from the west to the east, from the east to the west. It will be thrown to the bottom of the sea. God remember the sins of his people no more. When you get to heaven, I'm thankful that your past mistake, what you messed up in the past will not be shown on the screen. God already forgot and God will not talk about it. When you get to heaven, you don't need to worry that people are going to see all the messy things that you did in your life. It will not be shown because he erased it from red to white, white as snow. He remember it no more. Therefore, brother and sister, could you please don't bring the mistake of your wife back that she did 10 years ago, five years ago, two minutes ago, one minute ago, one second ago. Just forgive her and move on with life. The same thing, don't bring the mistake of your husband, your kids back again and again because you're not doing the right thing the way God is. The way God is, once you forgive, erase, never talk about it again, done. So God forgive and nobody going to know what you messed up in the past. He forgive completely and eternally. And when somebody come back to God and receive the forgiveness of sin, we call the condition reconciliation. Can we help somebody to come back to God in our prayer life? Can somebody help another person to get back right with God and have a relationship with God and receive the forgiveness of sin? And once those people come back to God, they will come out from spiritual death or separation from God, including hell, and also come into the new life. Can we really be involved in helping people to come into the reconciliation with God? In fact, the Bible says clearly that it's our calling. Every believer, not just the preacher, not just the pastor or evangelist, every believer has a ministry called the ministry of reconciliation. We all have the job to do, to bring people back to God, to return to God, and to receive salvation. And the prayer of reconciliation is something we can do. I'm going to explain in this teaching. James chapter 5 verse 16, uh, let me start from this scripture. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, this is Amplified Bible, your false steps, your offense, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Listen carefully. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man and woman makes tremendous power. Everyone say tremendous power. Tremendous power. Yes. Available, dynamic in its working. 
when we pray for our unsafe husband, unsafe wife, unsafe kids, unsafe friend, or backslider in the church, we need to understand that we are righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are the righteous man and woman of God, not because our own righteousness, but not because you do everything correctly and rightly, but you have the right standing before God by the blood of Jesus. So we are the saint. The saint means righteous people. We are righteous by position, and we can pray by faith. And every time we pray, we should remember James chapter 5, verse 16. You are righteous, I am righteous. And every time we pray, we're going to see the power of God available, doing something to save those lost souls, to bring the lost soul back to the kingdom. Everyone say, power. power. Everyone say, my prayer, prayer. is powerful. It brings power of heaven into the world. God is going to start to do something powerfully in the life of those you pray for. He will shift something. He will do something, move people around. He is so powerful that he can do something for your lost husband and lost kids and spouse. He will do something powerfully for you if you pray by faith and believe that your prayer is powerful. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And he said to them, The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. In John chapter 4, Jesus said the same thing. Look at the field. The field is ripe, ready for harvest. So what Jesus tried to say is, Hey, wake up. Look around you. There's so many people ready to accept Jesus Christ. Don't just focus on your work and your computer and your business. But look around you, your friend at school, your loved ones, the friend that you met yesterday, become a new friend. They all need Jesus. Wake up, look around, and the field is so ripe that they need to be saved. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14, I want to balance these two scriptures together. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Many people will not make it to heaven. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Mean eternal life and abundant life. It's narrow gate, more difficult. There are few who find it. Many people who read Matthew chapter 4, verses 13 to 14 will say, oh, only a few people are going to get saved, so I should not do anything. Waste of my time. But actually, you need to think this way. There are billions of people in the world. And the word a few for the billions means millions. Let me repeat one more time. There are billions of people in the world and a few in the Bible to the billions, related to the word billions, is millions. There are millions of people out there ripe for harvest, ready to be saved, ready to return to God and receive the forgiveness of God and the blessing of Abraham. But all those people need to hear the word. They need to hear somebody preaching the gospel to them at the right time, at the right place, with the right people, and the right moment, and they shall be saved. Everybody could enter the kingdom of God or heaven 
but not everybody received the gospel. But everybody could get in, but not everybody would receive the gospel. Jesus said that the harvest is truly great and big, but the laborers are few. Let me explain one thing before we go on about prayer. Listen carefully. What you and I are supposed to be and to do have been decided for you and me by the Lord. God knew that I would be a neurosurgeon and practice in Belleville before I was born. He already ordained who you're going to be and what you're going to do before you were born. Therefore, when you talk to your kids, don't say, choose whatever you want. Actually, this is the way it should be for every Christian. Find out or discover what God ordained you, wired you, made you special to be and to do according to his original perfect will. Why? Because he's going to put his people in the church in all walks of life. Somebody need to be a doctor. Somebody need to be a nurse. Somebody need to be a teacher. Somebody need to be a housewife. Somebody going to be a car mechanic. Somebody going to be a car dealer. Somebody going to be a secretary. Somebody going to work as a computer expert in Microsoft. Somebody may be a financial planner. God already ordained you to be where you should be and what you should do. Why? Because God wants to put his people in different areas of society to be his light and salt, to reach out to different kinds of people. Amen? He wants to anoint you to serve him and to be involved in the harvest of souls. Yesterday when I performed surgery, I took the opportunity to share the gospel to the nurse and to the doctors. And no one can say no to me because I'm the boss. If they don't like it, they will not cut my customer. So I can do whatever I want there because I'm the boss. But God put me as a neurosurgeon to share the gospel to the nurses and doctors who will never heard the gospel from anyone else. God put me there for a reason. God put us in all kinds of walks, in all kinds of areas of society so that you will be a person who will bring the salvation to different people and different souls. Amen? The kingdom of God needs more laborers. Let me read one more time. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of harvest to send out laborers. Everyone say laborers. Into his harvest. Okay, let me ask this question. Does the harvest belong to God? Whose harvest? His harvest, not my harvest. God harvest. Does God know that he needs more laborers? Does he know? If he knows that he needs more laborers, why don't he just drop the laborer into the field automatically without praying? It's interesting. He did not come to the church and say, you know, guys, we need more laborers. I'm going to give more laborers to you. He didn't say that. He said, pray so that there will be more laborers. This is involved we call legality. If you study the Bible carefully, it seems like God is limited on this earth by your prayer life. You don't have if you don't ask. Listen one more time. You don't have because you don't ask. You need to give God the legal right to do something in your life and into this city and in the church. We need to ask. We need to pray. God will not do anything for humanity unless somebody asks him for it. 
So if you want your family member to get saved, you need to pray. And I'm going to teach you how to pray for the lost one in this lesson. You need to pray if you want to see revival in Taiwan. If you want to see revival in Northwest area. If you want to see great awakening in your family, that all of them are going to be saved, you need to do something. You cannot just say, God, you do your job. I'm not going to get involved. No, you need to get involved. How? Praying. You need to pray. We need, we ought to pray that the Lord would send laborers. Okay, we ought to pray that God would send laborers, and I can explain to you. And we ought to volunteer to be his laborers, to answer somebody else's prayer. Are you getting this? You pray that somebody, God going to send somebody, the laborer, to witness to somebody. But at the same time, somebody may pray to God that God send somebody to witness to my dad. And you are the answer to the prayer. That you need to go witness to his dad. So we should pray and we should be willing to respond to the call of God to be his laborer. Amen? We can ask God to send laborers across our loved ones. Across our friend and stranger. Why we need to do that? Let me explain to you. Not everybody is ready for you and me. We are not the cup of tea for everybody. Many people cannot handle my accent and cannot be in this church. And I'm not mad at them. Because I'm not the cup of tea for them. But somebody loved my accent and say it helped me to stay awake throughout the sermon. Because I have to listen carefully. Last night, my daughter said that, I feel so embarrassed. Last Sunday, you say so many wrong accent and wrong thing. But I'm a cup of tea for somebody. And you are the cup of tea for somebody. Is that right? You are not a cup of tea for everybody. Somebody else is not a cup of tea for you either. God, by His grace, He's going to use somebody to talk to you. And he's going to use you to talk to certain people that will receive from you. Amen? That's why this is a reality in the world. Many Christians are connected to certain ministries, certain preachers, and enjoy his preaching so much. When you do that, please, okay, I heard these people say, oh, that preacher is better than any other preacher in the world. It's wrong. It's not true. Because other preachers are the cup of tea for another group of people. So you cannot compare the preacher because God will produce preacher to be the cup of tree for or cup of coffee for different group of people in the world. Amen. We should not compare the preacher. We should not look down on anybody that oh he is so inferior. He is so below the standard. No, 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 no. Listen carefully. The reason you can receive the teaching from certain preacher is by the grace of God. And that preacher is so good to you that you can receive so many blessings when you hear his preaching because the grace of God in his life. Not because he's great, not because you're great, but by the grace of God. I have to admit to you, I cannot listen to certain preacher. I want to fall asleep. Some preacher, when I listen, I stay awake all the time. Like, yes, yes, yes. But some preacher, I don't understand what he's talking about. What, what? Because it didn't jive with me, didn't get to my spirit. Not because he's not a good preacher, but just because the grace of God is not there for me and him to be connected. Amen? So we have to understand this. You need to find out exactly what ministry you should be connected to. And if you know that by the grace of God you are connected to that preacher or ministry, you're going to receive a lot of blessing from heaven through that ministry. 
because the grace of God is there. God's kingdom need laborers. People need to be converted. People need to be reconciled to God. But there are times when you can tell that you are not the one or the laborer that those people will receive your message. This truth often happens in the family. No matter how much you know the Bible, no matter how anointed you are and have experience with God, your older sister will not listen to you. No matter how good you are, you cannot preach to your wife and you cannot preach to your husband. No matter how, how much Bible you know, your younger brother may not listen to you. So what you need to do? Shut your mouth. Stay quiet. Don't express your opinion. I learned that lesson already. When I meet my dad, my brother, I keep my mouth shut unless the Holy Spirit says say something. Otherwise, I just keep my mouth shut and smile. Give the gift. Take my dad out for the dinner, for the lunch. And actually, I never be able to say anything to my dad. Only Pastor Da can. If I say anything to my dad, he would be mad at me because I'm the youngest son. But Pastor Da would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at the right timing, she would say something and my dad said, yeah, 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 it's right. But I say the same sentence. What? <laughs> he was not happy. Your message can be rejected by certain people as normal. Don't feel inferior. Don't feel rejected. Don't feel that you're not good enough. Don't get mad at those people. You just understand God doesn't give you grace to do that job for that people. That's why we need to pray that God will send laborers to your loved ones, to your friend, that they will receive the message from them. You pray. Next Sunday, we're going to learn more how to pray. Today, we just, this is just the beginning. We pray. Everyone say, I pray. That God will send laborers to my loved ones, to my friends, that they can receive the message. It can be a person, can be a tape, CD, TV program, radio program. Maybe somebody hand a CD, a book. I remember when one brother sitting here, he first came to church. He just got out from drug and he was not happy with me that I didn't move in the Holy Spirit. He could not talk to me. I'm a neurosurgeon. I'm a pastor. He just came to the church one or two weeks. He was, just came out from drug. And if he tried to tell me something, I'm going to reject right away. But thank God he handed me the book about the Holy Spirit to read. And I read that book on the airplane. And I repented by that book. He's still sitting here. God used another person to talk to me, not him. Because he, I would not receive from him. You see the principle why we need to pray that God will send laborers. Amen. Next Sunday, we're going to continue to learn the second part. How to pray the prayer of reconciliation. How many people promised God that from now on, you're going to pray that God will send laborers to your loved ones? You believe God will answer your prayer? Oh, your stubborn husband. Maybe he get caught by the police. And the police is a Christian. And the police will talk about Jesus to him. Amen. God can do anything. He's a good God. What you need to do? Pray by faith. That God will send laborers. 
Amen. We're going to learn more detail next Sunday. <laughs> I cannot finish the lesson today. The time is over. Let's pray together right now that we will practice what we learn and have faith. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us how to pray to help people who don't know you to be reconciled to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you show us in the Bible why, how, when, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Lord, use this church to bring the harvest of soul, millions of people to come into the world by our prayer life, Lord. We believe, Father, this house is going to be the house of prayer. We're going to be prayer warriors for our loved ones, for our city, for the nations, for the lost, for people whom we don't even know of, Lord. We thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We believe we will grow spiritually and be used of you for the harvest of soul in our lifetime. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to ask any one of you know that you walk away from God or you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. This is not about religion. This is not about trying to follow a religion. It's about relationship with God. If you like to do that, I would like to lead you to pray, to accept Jesus Christ. Jesus say, I'm knocking at the door. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. You tell God, I open the door of my heart. Come into my life. Pray with me. How many people want to have relationship with Jesus? Pray with me. Father in heaven, I open the door of my heart to invite Jesus Christ, your son, to come into my life. Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. You shed your blood on the cross to save me from sin from the enemy from sickness and disease from poverty from curses and bondage Lord Jesus thank you so much for loving me first from today on I will walk with you I will serve you Use me, Lord, to be involved in the harvest of souls. Your harvest. I will begin to pray for my unsafe loved ones, my unsafe friends and strangers. Use me, Lord. Bless me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Should we join together in prayer for your loved one? The prayer of agreement. When we agree together, God will answer. If you want to pray for your unsaved loved ones, could you please stand up? And we're going to come in agreement together right now. Maybe your son walk away from God. Maybe your husband have not known Jesus Christ yet. Let's believe God together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Agree together. 
for the salvation of our families, our friends. Oh, Father in heaven, right now we come in agreement together in this house. We believe, Father, that you love our unsaved family members and friends, Lord. We agree together and have faith that you will send your laborers that they will receive the message. Send laborers, Lord, across their way, again and again, until our loved ones and friends will turn to you, be reconciled to you. We don't care, Father, how long it takes, as long as they have breathing and heart beating. We will keep praying until they are safe and come. To the house of God, Lord, we call from heaven salvation to their souls, and we ask you, Lord, to open their spiritual eyes to see the light of the gospel. Satan and demons, we command you to take your eye, uh, your hands, and your veil away from the eyes of our loved ones. The blindness of their eyes, spiritual eyes, shall be healed by the power of God, and they shall see the need of knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, I believe you hear our prayer, and you shall answer. We want them, our loved ones, to go to heaven with us, Lord. Every one of them, Lord. Our husband. Wife, kids, auntie, uncle, parents, nephew, nieces—they will come into relationship with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we believe. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing. Give thanks. After we believe that God answered, we should thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing together with your heart of gratitude that God listened to your prayer. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given. Jesus Christ, His Son, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given. Jesus Christ. And now, and now, let the weak say, "I am strong." Let the poor say, "I am rich," because of what the Lord has done. 
Father, thank you so much, Lord. You're wonderful. We love you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Millions thanks, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to each other and say, God, listen to your prayer, and He will answer. People who need to be prayed for, I will pray for you. Believe God will touch you, change your life. Thank you, Jesus. This message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new...